0: Tune in to Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson. Who is Regina Johnson? Regina Johnson. Author, pastor, motivational speaker, and life coach. Regina is inspirational, motivating others to live out their purpose. Regina Regina is is passionate, tenacious, and relentless about helping others fulfill their destiny. Her goal is to bring a refreshing to someone's life. Join us every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Dial in to share your heart with Regina at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. And remember that Regina says... We
1: all know you really haven't failed until you stop trying. I want to be to people what others have been to me. And so that's, that's really the purpose of
0: Refresh. It's the end of the day for people to feel refreshed. So call in at 657 383 0309. That's 657 383 0309. You'll be blessed by her wisdom, strategies, and encouragement. That's Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson, a never had it so good sports media network.
2: Good evening, this is Regina Johnson with Refresh. I want to welcome you to the show today, brought to you by NHISG Sports Media. I'll give a quick shout out to my girl, Princess Cooper, and to all the NHISG listeners and hosts. Today, we're going to be picking up the second part of last week's show, Could It Be Our fault? What I mean by that is with everything that's going on in the world today with the shootings and... Um, Just everything that's happening on the campuses, even the issue in which we are facing, you know, should teachers carry guns and how do we resolve this? When tied the show, could it be our fault? And I'm basically saying, did we play a part in allowing things to get to this place? I personally believe that we did. I think there were some things that needed to be censored, some things that should have never died, never gone away. I personally feel like we should have never taken – prayer out of schools when we had prayer in schools we didn't have to worry about having metal detectors and worrying about someone come in and and shooting everyone we didn't have kids that were uh, openly rebellious towards teachers now we had our issues I'm not going to say that we were perfect but um these things weren't a, uh, a problem now I know someone would say that um You know, each generation has their own thing. But I think that this that's affecting them is affecting not only them, but it's affecting everyone. It seems as if we have a generation that has been pre-programmed, not all of them, but a portion of them, to what I would call just self-destruct. Self-destruct. They are destructive um, against each other, and they are dangerous even to themselves. Um, bullying has always been around but that too is something that can happen on a much broader uh, uh, platform now you can cyber bully people Um, you can do it uh, on Facebook, internet um, in other ways on the internet the younger ways that I'm unaware of all of those various things you can can do various things and once it goes uh, on there I mean in moments you know, thousands of people can see a fight where there would have been just only, you know, like a handful of those that were there. And Now they can include every neighborhood and almost every state. Uh, in some countries, depending on how fast it spreads or how broad they have a platform. Um, and so, where's the censoring? That that that's my my question. Why are we not censoring things that actually help uh, our uh, Youth feel comfortable in the midst of the violence. I was talking to my daughter, uh, who was actually hosting the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chaselyn Johnson and Bethany Taylor. Uh, they were hosting, and they said basically, well, one, Chaselyn, who is uh, 13 years old, she'll be 14 uh, this June, and she says it, it doesn't bother her. And she, it's not that she doesn't believe that there's a potential of someone coming into the school's. When I was younger, that would have disturbed me. The mere thought that my campus could be targeted uh, with someone or one of even my classmates would think about uh, getting a gun and just killing everyone. That was unheard of. This past week, uh, I am made aware, and we'll have them on the air next week. Um, Elaine Benson who is an apostle of Fresh Fruits Ministry and over uh, an organization called Oil of Joy, will be sharing with us a meeting in which they had that involved the local police, FBI, uh, the school administration on this past weekend, trying to come up with a way to resolve what is happening. I think it's time not for us to step back, not to wait on someone else to carry the torch, but that we are... Uh, to do, we are, are, each and every one of us, excuse me, uh, each and every one of us need to play a part in helping to restore what has been lost and to keep our children safe. Joining us today here uh, in the studio, we have a young man. His name is Amantre Schnee. He's joined me before on other shows. Uh, concerning the concerns of, of young adults and and even on some of our men's shows. Welcome to the show, Amantre. Hello,
3: hello, hello. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Uh,
2: we also have uh, Caitlin who is also here with us. Caitlin is representing our young teens. She is just, as a matter of fact, feel free to send me a text. Happy birthday to Caitlin. Today, she is officially no longer a tween. She is officially a teen. She turned 13 today. How's it going, Caitlin?
1: Good.
2: Good. And uh, we have Tasha Sterling, who's also one of the producers of the show or the producer of our show. Um, uh, she's also going to interject today because she is not only a producer of Refresh, but she is a kindergarten teacher. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Tasha, are you here?
4: I am here. Okay. (laughs) I was like,
2: oh my goodness. Are you gone? Okay. All right. So we're just going to kind of jump right in. And I'm going to start with a mantra. With everything that you have heard um, and what's happening on the news, uh, what concerns you the most about what's going
3: on? I think what concerns me the most is uh, just the mental health of society today. I think that uh the reason why we see uh these issues with guns is the reason why the reason why we see these issues with guns is that <clears throat> it's it's the mental health of society and people don't really know how to just sit down and talk about things anymore uh, i don't know if if it's because they're afraid or whatever but what it, what it comes down to is like having the ability to talk to someone about your issues or whatever it is that you're going on and what's going on in life uh, instead of picking up a gun and and going to school and, uh, shooting shooting people up, that that never solves the the problem. The problem is still going to be there whether someone uh, commits mass murder or um, if anything, the problem is still going to be there.
2: Uh, the thing that disturbs me the most about um, this situation, this shooting is that this kid was given signs, that he was giving off signs that there was a problem that was bigger than than himself and that he needed help. And, you know, I just found out this week that it was said that if someone were to come into the school and shoot everybody, he was the likely candidate. And they would say that often, and people found that funny. I think that was a red flag. I don't know about you. Is it that not so much of people learning uh, to have dialogue, but is it that we have become so consumed in our own lives that we are not interested in what 's going on with others i'm i 'm plugged into my four and no more you know and so that's that 's one of the things that i've seen what about you
3: i think that's i think that 's actually i think that 's exactly it. We do get consumed with everything that goes on in our lives i mean even even what happened with the uh the mass shooting in las Vegas i mean you see. All that happened, and that was crazy on the media and everything for about a week or two, and then nobody really talked about it anymore. And anybody, No one really came up with any solutions for the problem. We just kind of talked about it and just went back to our own regular lives.
2: I think a lot of that went to, you know, in Vegas, I, they make a lot of money on tourism. Yeah. And so if they don't hurry up and, and put the fire out, they're going to lose money and people are not going to Vegas. As a matter of fact, I know someone that was scheduled to go, they had a trip in place to go to Vegas um, the week of the shooting. Wow. And uh, and so, yeah, needless to say, you know, <laughs> they were like, okay, I'm good. Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I don't have to go there. Yeah. Caitlin, I know you were part of our panel last week. And so today I want to give you the opportunity to share in your heart what concerns you most about what's, what's going mm-hmm. on.
4: Mm, well, I don't have that much concern about it. Mm -hmm. It's just a feeling of what if a shooter comes into our school. Okay. Because I'm young, and I want to move on with my life. Right. And I already have plans. Right. (laughs) To be something.
2: Right, right. So. So you're not trying to be a candidate of a shooter,
4: right? I'm, I'm
1: trying.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to. But go ahead. You're saying what if?
4: Yeah, but I also think that, like, our teachers should have guns, but...
2: Wow, you just jumped right into it. You think your teachers should have guns?
4: Maybe. No, no, no.
2: You are entitled to your opinion. Okay,
4: but, like, why... Why do you think
2: your teachers should have a gun?
4: Well, for us...
2: That's interesting.
4: We're kind of older, I guess. Okay. But, I mean, for, like, my mom, she's a kindergarten teacher... And what if the kids got it or whatever? Then I feel like they shouldn't really have it. But then I kind of feel like we're a little more mature. But some kids, you know, they're just off of their mind. So it's kind of in between. They should have it or not. But just in case, I feel like they could protect us more with a gun. But I feel like they should have in a safe place just in case if something like that happened. But so no That's one so can... That's so funny
2: to think it. about that you would even be thinking about that part of it. That, that wasn't even where I was going with you. And so to know that someone at your, your age, you're really thinking and processing through this thing, like, I, I already have a boat. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, the teacher should have a gun. And I, I appreciate you being honest about that because you're thinking about the whole safety of the room, I mean of the room and everyone that's in it. And I love the fact that you believe that your teachers will try to help make you safe yeah it's it good it depends
4: on the type of teachers
2: <laughs> okay well
4: but you know some of them but the care.
2: some of them care i think all of them care i think all of them care um you know they may appear not to care because they're hard or whatever but but i think they care thank you so much how about you tasha
4: About the guns or -hmm. just in general? Just in general,
2: what's going on? We're going to get to the guns in a few minutes. Just in general, how do you feel about just the climate of everything?
4: Well, the one point I want to bring up is when you're talking about censoring um, and how how maybe we need to censor things more. But to me, if parents aren't watching, like, we already censor video games. But I know kids at five years old that talk about grown-up video games that are marked mature. Or um, for adults not suited for younger people under 13 so if you if things are like they have movies that are already regulated but my kids know about it and can tell you about it so if you're not as a parent watching what your child watches that, that's where they become desensitized That because we're letting five and six year, six year olds watch this and they don't they can't process it fully yet make believe in the real world. They don't understand that fully at five years old. They think it's funny that someone is bleeding. They don't understand the severity of it yet. They can't process it. They're not even at that stage of development. So I think we can censor, but I think as parents, we have to take um, responsibility for that too. Like maybe I need to not let my child watch this right now, or let me watch their behaviors. If they start showing signs, you know, you have to pull things away.
2: Well, you have that mother, though, that, uh, that father that's in the home, we'll say, like a single parent, and I know that you are one, that they would argue with you, I can't censor everything. I can't be everywhere at one time. But you're saying that is a big issue. And you see it.
4: I do see it, and I do um, deal with it, even with the kids my age, kind of white. And then I'll just be honest. I dealt with it with my own child. Mm-hmm. Like her dad loved those shooting and video games, and her grandfather did too. And she started saying some things at five, four and five, that this was not okay with me. And we had to pull back. Mm-hmm. We had to stop, like, no, you can't do this when she's in your presence right? because these are the things that we're seeing. Wow. And she's too young, and she couldn't fully process that if I shoot mommy, she's not coming back. Like, right. she's not. Like, it's not funny to say to people. Right. It's not funny to play those games. Like, in our house, we didn't do that. You don't fake shoot. Because right. if you really shoot somebody, they're not coming back. It's not a game. Right, And right. so I even noticed it with my own child. But being able to pull back and be like, no. You can't do this in front of her. I don't right. have that. And I know in schools, we don't have a lot of control right. of what other kids do. But I promise you, as a kindergarten teacher, your child's not seeing that stuff in the classroom. Wow. They're getting it from their house or from their cousins or from their auntie, uncle.
2: But in those close surroundings, yeah, right. where they are, they spend time. Right. And maybe even the babysitter.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which is also, I'd like to bring up a topic. Um, I know that for um, Wow I can't even bring it up We're going to take a quick break And we'll be right back You've been listening to Refresh
1: Get up, get up get, Get up, get up Can't slow-
2: to refresh before we get started i want to welcome you to follow me on instagram on uh twitter and on facebook on instagram it is no on twitter it is journey strong and uh so just kind of plug in there and keep up with what's going on on refresh and keep up with what's going on with me um Again, I want to give a quick shout out to Princess. Thank you so much uh, for all your encouragement and all the listeners of NHISG. And there are plenty, and we thank you so much for plugging in and being a part. We're back in the show again, doing the second part of last week's show, where we were asking ourselves the question, could this, is it possible that this is our fault? And what we're talking about is the current state of what's going on with our young adults, um, in our society right now, um, and with the lead out uh, point about the shooting that happened in Florida. Uh, Amantre uh, is our guest here today, Amantre Sneed, as well as Tasha uh, Sterling, along with Caitlin uh, Sterling. And so um, I just want to thank you guys for being in here. While we were on the break, you guys kind of having some really passionate discussion about, and you started. Tasha, and then uh, if I want you to share about it, but, and then we'll get to, we'll actually get to the shooting portions of it. Okay, so you were sharing uh, that you think that a lot of the fallout is parent participation in the children's lives. And give me the example. Let's talk about what you were discussing with me on the break. Okay, I
4: do. There's this game that um, one of my kids mentioned, and I am a kindergarten teacher, so I'm coming from a perspective. They're too young for this, and so it's five nights of friend. These games have sexual language, have um, nudity in it, have cussing, killing, all kinds sort of stuff. And you have these little kids, and he's not. This person is not the only one that I've heard talk about about it. Five you have these different. other five-year-olds talking about it, so they know it, and they, they know what they with it with each yes. other. and and um. They're just too young, and so you watch their behavior, and these are children that you may have trouble with in the classroom, mm-hmm. and it makes you make the connection, like, what are you watching at home, and not necessarily that their their parents are bad parents. They may just not know, or like you said, they you know that they, they may play it themselves and right. just see it's okay. Right, but and not like,
2: even play it. It's so funny, because when they're real young, they're like sponges, and they're just soaking up everything and you'll think they're not paying attention but they are all in it yeah right and then
4: because it's popular or whatever the case is your the child may want it you cater to them not knowing really what you're giving them access to and because as society we're already so like it's okay that that's okay that kids play those kind of video games or kids watch those kind of movies right. that parents, we don't even think about what we're handing
2: our kids. I'm going to shift gears here just for a second. Kind of just, I'm watching sure I was sitting here, I had this thought. When you were growing up,
3: you were a troubled kid.
2: Like, you were what they call like, quote unquote, a bad kid. Right? have
3: people today that still ask me if I'm bad, so.
2: No, are you serious?
3: Completely serious. Like,
2: are you still that? I remember you when you were a little boy. Yeah? yeah. yeah. And so, but you didn't go off and kill a bunch of people.
3: No, I didn't. Uh, honestly, I think that was the Lord. It was the Lord. It was the Lord's protection over my life. Uh, but but also um I just think that like I a lot of stuff that ha- that kids have available to them today, I didn't have available. I didn't have the internet. I didn't have any I didn't get a cell phone until I was what. 16 years old right so i didn't have you know the world wide web right there at at my fingertips Mm -hmm. so the access it's a lot harder for parents to really gauge what's going on with their kids because they have so much access to to so many things and i think
2: but i remember i remember hearing stories about you just, like, really, like, acting out, like, in class, and I remember even you told me, like, you would just basically escape from school and get on your bike and just go wherever, like, as a little boy,
3: yeah. but were you violent? I was actually, yes, I was violent. Really? But still, again, it had to be Lord, because I knew there was a limit. I knew, I knew in my mind, okay, there's a limit. Of crazy okay, okay. That I can only allow myself to get to. To get to. Uh, what set that in you? Was it like
2: you were fearful that you would get in trouble, or is it something that you just kind of set for yourself? Because what I think has happened is, with you saying that, the boundary has been pushed back so yeah. far. It gives them so much room that it allows kids to really become violent, not only to themselves but to others.
3: Yeah, I think – are dangerous, yeah, not violent. it's dangerous. definitely – definitely the. The time in which I mean I I grew up in the in the late late nineties early two thousands so just that I know that okay if I do this the consequences are I mean the repercussions are are serious so I can't do this uh but now you have kids today that just fight they'll fight on the teacher or they'll do out of the out of the ordinary like crazy stuff but see um, when
2: you say that though now. One of the things I noticed, there's more things in place to protect the bad behavior.
3: Yeah. Back Absolutely.
2: then, your principal would whoop your butt. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your
3: parents would come
2: up to school and, and whoop
3: you straight out. Yeah. And, again, I think it all goes back to, like, that, that thing that people, people, in a way, kind of don't want to be a – it's like they know the truth. Right. They know the truth about everything, but they don't want to approach each other with the truth because – they don't want to offend anybody. And we're in that, that time in life where everybody wants is so easily offended. Or uh, you can't do this or you can't do that. And, like, it, it puts these things around to where you're going to have a kid come into a school and he's going to shoot up everybody because he feels like he can't talk to anybody. And right. if, he, if he does, are you, going to, are you going to take him serious enough? Right. You know? right. And that's another thing. Like, do you take these people serious when they say – because I know – when I was in school and I said something like that, it, it was either an officer in the room or a principal or somebody was coming down because they took what yeah. I was <laughs> saying. Damn. Wait a minute. Hold
2: on a second. Let's back up. You said when you would say something When I like it
3: would that? say something or I would act out and, and...
2: You said things like that? Yeah.
3: Really? Yes. Like you would shoot up people? I, I've, I've, t- I've taken knives to school. What? Really? All, yeah. and like what age? Man, Were you just, taking it to defend yourself? I was like, no, I would just take <laughs> Okay. Really? Really?
2: Yeah. And did you even know why you would take it? I had no clue. At all. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
3: Was it something going on in your life, driving you to it? I think it was the, the stuff that was, yeah, the stuff personally, what was going on in my family during the time, and again, like, like you were saying about this young man in, in Florida, he, uh, he he would show signs of, of, of hey, I need help. I need help. Yeah. And luckily I had teachers that were aware of what was going on. Wow. And they would call me out of, hey, you is something wrong? Do you need to go talk? And then eventually I would talk and, mm-hmm. and feel a whole lot better. But I can, in a way, I can understand if, if, that kid had nobody to talk to. Right. And he couldn't take his issues or whatever to anybody. And didn't nobody take him seriously. Right. You know, you think about it. It's like, why would he do that? But if you knew that all this was going on with him and you didn't do anything about it. Right. Then that makes it I crazy. mean, like
2: they just basically saying, you know, if there was someone who going to shoot up the school, he's going to be the one that's that going to do it. Exactly. Now, you're picking out, you're saying somebody's going to go off and it, it's going to be for God. Somebody should have been saying with, with the way everything has been going, it's not like we haven't had a school shooting, but one of the things that I discussed last week is that, and it's basically the same thing you said about Vegas, we'll have bad things happen, and for a moment, we're like all plugged in, we're in 100, and then the next thing you know, a little time has gone by, we sweep it underneath the carpet, and then we just kind of keep on going or underneath the rug, and we just kind of keep on going until it happens again. Then everybody's all alarmed, and everybody's ready to do something about it. But then they do something about it for a short term, and then they uh, allow it to just kind of go back to whatever it was before. What do you think quickly? And it's about time for us to take another break. What What was the thing that helped you, you know, when you were going through that thing? And you're saying, like, I'm going to school with knives. We're, we're talking about early 2000s, so you're going with knives. We have kids now going with guns and knives. You know, what was it that, what was that thing that helped you? I know you said teachers could identify you and they did something about it. Was that the soul thing
3: or was there anything I mean, else? The, the, the main thing was, I, and I can honestly say, say that, it, it was, it truly was the Lord. Okay, and divine it, intervention. It was nobody but God. Yeah, Lord. nobody but God. Because I knew, and it's crazy, like, we wouldn't, as, I wouldn't go in church or nothing at the time, but I knew that okay, man, you can go, you can do something crazy, but you got a limit of crazy. <laughs> right. And if you go over that limit, this is going to be the repercussions of Right. Of that limit. I know you're talking about,
2: like, the repercussions of jail or, or the repercussions jail, of you thought you were getting in trouble by uh, God trouble. or what?
3: Yeah, I think there was something in me, a like a fear, like, yeah. uh, like a, some type of fear of mm-hmm. uh, really not even, I wouldn't even first say, like, the punishment of it. It yeah. was just a fear, like, hey, man, don't. Don't cross over the the line. Wow.
2: There is a place where we become so broken that those natural limits, those natural boundaries, they just get moved. They get moved out of the way. And sometimes you want people to hear you more than you want to harm people. And if they will hear you, if it takes you harming someone, you'll harm them. One thing that I find that's very important in this case is that this child or person did not take their own life, and they didn't set up a scenario to where the police had to kill him. I think he was one of those candidates. They're just screaming, nobody's listening. I need help. Hey, look, we are getting ready to take a break, but we will be back to further discuss this. You are listening to Refresh. We'll be back in a moment
0: never had it so good 101.1 is proud to have talk radio on their platform like Pastor Regina Johnson Refresh Radio James Deshaies Thoughts, Love and Reflections Daquan King Revive Radio Warren Sally with Man Cave Radio Sky Wonders with Unmuted Your Voice Matters Wake Up Call Radio with Pastors Warren and Annie Sally Peace Within Radio with Henry Washington the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams Dig Radio with Pastor Annetta Watson Crazy Sports Mom with Doretha Anderson Been There, Done That with Cindy Smith Pave Your Way to Success with Rudy and Michelle Govan Spiritually Reincarnated with Gilbert Signs. In Times Like These with Benita Coney Sports Talk Atlanta with Matt D. and Travis McGee Sports Talk Carolina with Andre White and Neek Emerson. Sports Talk Money Podcast with Elliot Johnson. Power 803 with Reverend John Robinson. Totally Healed Radio with Angel Anderson. Bless This House Gospel House with Bishop Timothy Henderson. And It's a Way Out and a Way to Stay Out with Marlon Reed. I'm talking about absolutely the best talk show host in the country right here. A never-had-it-so-good 101.1, the world's World radio station. Radio station.
2: second part to the show Could This Be Our Fault? And uh, if you haven't been listening, you have been missing a great show. It's actually involving um, the condition of uh, our youth today and with the shootings and everything that's going on. We have an interesting guest here who's a little more interesting than what we even realize. Uh, And he's just really sharing that place of being that troubled youth and if there had not been some limits. And that's why I love the fact that no matter how many times I ask you a mantra, I'm like going to like what you attributed to that you made it past that you were making reference to. earlier, how someone just asked you what was it yesterday? Yeah,
3: uh, so, I had somebody that came up to me and like, man, are you still bad? Remember that time you punched that kid in the face and, and broke his nose? And I'm like, nah, man, I don't, I don't act that way anymore. Right, not, not that,
2: right, right. right. Yeah. But you were saying though, you said. It's not it was nothing but prayer. Yeah. And you said my grandmother.
3: My friend. My, gr- grand my grandma when when I would stay with them, she would come in at night. She didn't know that I knew that she was doing this, but she would get oil mm-hmm. and she would pray over me uh-huh. at night. And I truly believe it was it was it was her prayers that like the Lord just saw mercy and just completely transformed my life. Completely. You were
2: sharing in the break like that. You were that violent kid. Yeah. Not just a bad kid. You were that violent kid. It. You were telling about a situation. Well, first you said you were the youngest kid at that time.
3: We don't know. Are the you youngest at that I, at, at that, that time, time to uh to ever be admitted uh Montgomery County Juvenile Detention Center? Wow. In fact, when they when they came when it was my court day. They didn't have any, like, handcuffs that would fit my size because I was too small. I had to wear, like, the, the – the, uh, I didn't even stay with the, with the boys. I slept in the girls' pot because I was too small. No.
2: Really? I mean, really. So what did they do when you didn't have handcuffs? They just put you in the school? They had to, ties? like,
3: get, like, a bunch of stuff to try to handcuff my hands and my feet together. And you remember that eight years old. Remember.
2: You said that it took. Tell them how many people, police. You know, know it it was prayer that really (laughs) helped on your behalf.
3: It took four police officers and and three. We're talking about adults. Yeah, grown men, fully grown men, to try to restrain me because something happened one day and I just flipped. I just snapped and just went off. Just went off, throwing, picking up. I'm eight years old, picking up computers. You know, back in the day... Right, <laughs> it wasn't that little light stuff. It wasn't stuff. that little light stuff. It was right. huge monitors, huge white monitors. Right. And I would pick them up, and I'm throwing them at the teacher's and desk and slinging them everywhere. And so four
2: grown adult police officers, yeah. and how many teachers three you said? Three teachers. And three teachers had to come in and to restrain <laughs> you. And so you were in juvie,
3: like... For how long? At eight years old.
2: How long did they keep an eight year old? I
3: think.
2: I, I guess mean, I think
3: doing. I was there for. I wasn't there for. I was only there for like two days. Luckily, the court date was actually the next day. Well, the next day. So I ended wow. up. They ended up releasing me and giving me, sending me custody with my grandparents.
2: Well, I, I'm gonna tell you this. You know, whether you're a believer or not, I believe in prayer it really changes things. And uh, and 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 somebody uh, needs to be praying. We need to be covering these schools, and 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 I mean, just standing in faith, you know, but believing that God is going to protect. I mean, for us to not, you know, just say, you know what, just come up with some sort of uh, uh, world type situation. Clearly, it doesn't work. It has all failed. It's getting progressively worse. Um, and so maybe someone would say it's because we're not giving it enough attention, you know. But I don't think that's it. I think that man's methods, they fail. Yeah. But I believe that God ways that they stand and that we can get through anything, and I believe that we can shift the climate. Because one thing that people don't want to talk about, you know, everybody loves watching the scary movies and watching all the demonic stuff happening, but that's actually real. And so, you know, when you have like a spirit – that overtakes an individual, comes in, and I know that kind of sounds maybe a little too ooh for somebody, but you know what? You better try to hold tight and don't change your button, because it's real. It is real. That spirits come in, and you were dealing with something yeah. that, that wasn't you, admit yourself, you go, that was not me. It wasn't
3: even normal for me. Yeah. like, in my regular level of badness. The crazy thing, I, when, it, when it was going on, I and mean, uh, I'm thinking about this, I was thinking, why
2: am I doing this?
3: Wow. When this when everything was going on, I'm, wow. I'm thinking in my mind, like, what is going on right now? Why am I doing this? Wow. That's crazy. I thought of that. But, yeah, the whole time I'm like, man, why am I doing this? I don't know. And still
2: doing it. Just still stay doing. Doing it. Wow. Wow. I believe that even, like, um, when I heard about the shooting, that, um, you know, I don't believe anyone plans on killing that many people. Now, I believe that at Columbine, there's a whole other story. But in that situation, I think that once you get started, I don't see how anyone, unless it is a driven spiritually, you know, like demonically, which I believe in anything like that, it's introduced. People have to understand that there are, you're just like how everybody loves to talk about wonderful angels and things like that, but there are demonic spirits that are looking for a door to enter in to so wreak havoc. And so we need to put everything in the natural in place, but we also need to have the spiritual safeguards in place to protect and to cover. Uh, there's too many stories, and they sound like, you know, again, those kind of, you know, kind of things, you know? But there's too many stories, true testimonies. They're not just things that people are trying to sell people on. They're saying, you know, I was going down this alley, and, uh, and and I just felt like, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, something was going to happen to me. And I run into these guys, and they're getting ready to do something to me. And then they take off and start running. And at the end of the story, they, they these guys end up doing something to someone else, and then he tells the story about what happened with this individual and how they saw someone with them or walking with them or, you know, something like that. And I believe that if we pray and invite God into those situations, um, that the outcome will be far better. See, a lot of times people are angry with God, and they blame him for what's going on They blame him for the deaths and the shootings. They say that if he is God, he has the power to stop it. Well, he does. But he's given man free will so how do i give you free will see he wants us to stop our side of it and so all he can do is protect us but if we have no relationship with him we can't even hear it right mm-hmm. and so he's given me free will to call on him he's giving you free will to not even lift up his name and shoot up everybody so everybody's operating in their free will
1: mm-hmm.
2: everybody's operating in their free will mm-hmm. and when you're operating in your free they're free will. This guy decides, you know what, nobody's listening to me. So, you know, I'm crying out for help. You know, demonic spirits, truly. And I hate to even get off on this because people, you know, they don't want to hear that. But really, if you will just notice, let me help somebody out right now. You're struggling with some things that's going on with your kids in your own home. I know it's going to help somebody because this is really spurred on by the unction of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going out there with you so you can see when this thing comes over your child. You can see how they look different at this time than when they do at normal times. I got a newsflash for you. They're not just angry. That is demonic. You don't want to say that? Oh, my kid has like an anger issue. Well, guess what? Anger issues are not spurred on like that on their own. So I said, oh, it's, it's chemical. No, baby, it's not always chemical. It is, yes, there are imbalances that can happen in our natural body, but there's also an imbalance that can happen on a spiritual level. I was, I was riding uh, uh, with someone, and uh, they began to say some really horrible things and, and do some horrible things. And I remember saying, just turning to them and began to just take authority over what I saw the manifestation was. What it intended to do was to make me afraid. But I took the authority, the God-given authority, and I risked that thing. And you know what's so funny? They stopped and started laughing, and I knew that that was like a demonic spirit that was happening. I knew it was. I knew it was. I knew it was. One thing that the Lord showed me on the spiritual side of it is that we know how to go to church, but we don't know how to fight spiritual battles. And so we succumb to whatever the enemy desires to do. Uh, The author... Uh, young, young, no, young Su I, I think that's. I think I'm saying it right. Young Su Young Chu, Young Su. He wrote the book The Art of War. So if I'm saying it wrong, just research the book of uh, The Art of War. And he he made a, a statement I think I was sharing that with you today. Mm-hmm. He said, "If you don't know your enemy, see the thing is we don't think we have an enemy, but we do." He says, "If you don't know your enemy and you don't know yourself, you will." Come to every battle. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is if you're going through and you think it's just life just happening, we're fixed in between two places. There's always something going on. Either you're on God's side or you're on the enemy's side. You got a door open so you can get divine help, or you got a door open where you can get demonic help to come in and steer your life. I love the fact that no matter what we said, you're saying, you know what? It was just it was it was divine intervention. Mm -hmm. It was God, it was my grandmother coming into my room. In the night, thinking I didn't know that she was there when I would go stay with her, in my bad state, standing in faith, believing for God to do something incredible for me, to cover me, to change my life, I think that's what really kept me. It wasn't any of the talks. I think the teachers were probably the ones that you said that would stand in your stead. I think they were the results of prayer. And then if we get back to the place where we start praying again, that's why I like I encourage you, Tasha, and every other teacher that's in there. Man, you don't have to know a whole Bible of scriptures, but if you can just get one, that'll work. You don't have to go in there slinging and rolling on the floor and running around shouting because you know the Lord. But if you can silently take authority. Have you ever seen someone that was running the show and they weren't doing all the talking? They were the one that was quiet and cool sitting in the corner. They were the ones sitting in the back, but they were running the show. That's who we need to be in this hour. We don't have to be running around screaming and picketing and acting crazy. We just need to know that we have authority over everything that is going on and take our rightful place. You need to know, parents, that God is giving you the assignment to parent your children so there's no reason for you to be afraid of your child. I was, um many of my listeners, you know that I'm, I'm a pastor. I have a senior pastor for 17 years, and now my husband and I are co-pastoring together um, a a new work. And uh, it it, 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 it was very hard, but I remember going to this place, and I'm ministering to this lady, and I'm telling them, uh, the Lord, he let me know that there were like people who were hurting a lot of secrets that they couldn't tell anyone. So what I would do is I'd have them come up, and they'd whisper in my ear what was going on, because so that we could pray for it, so we could put our hand on what the issue was. So you would just say, help something. What's going on? There was a woman who was almost in her 70s, late 60s. She was being abused by her own son in her home. And she had not told anyone. Now, we look at people who are abused by their family members, children who are abused by their parents, you know, husbands and wives abused. You never would think, that a mom is afraid in her own home because her, her son, not her husband, her son is coming home every day and he's beating her. Mm-hmm. And she's in church afraid to tell anyone that she's being abused. And thinking she had no authority. <laughs> thinking she had no way to fight back. Can you imagine that? There are many households where the very thing that we see responding now, how the kids are acting out. And I'm telling you, back in the day, you know, we they didn't have a problem hitting a kid, punching a kid. I'm not saying that, whipping the kid. Because I know my mother, if, if you would put her on the scale of today, what was tolerated, I probably wouldn't have grown up with my mother. She'd been locked up after the first whooping. That's just real. But I, I know there is a way, there's a better way. But I know that we cannot ignore. We cannot ignore no. that we have a responsibility towards growing up in our own homes. And that we can uh, we can we can make the change. We have the power, we have the authority. We're now in, coming close to the end of the show and, and Tasha, I want you to kind of have some final words and I'll just kind of make it back around again and then we'll come out. Tasha, anything you'd like to share?
4: My thing would be just as parents, just watch your kids. Make sure you're looking at signs. And, you know, if you notice that the behavior is more physical or aggressive, you know, just maybe cut back on those things. Um, just watch what they're really watching. I know as parents, we, we just think they might not even, we might not even think they're watching it if we're watching a show. But they're hearing it. Wow. They're taking those things in. Maybe just be more cautious of that. I'm not saying that... Um, Every little thing is going to cause them to go shoot up at school. But we just need to be conscious of the things we are feeding them.
2: Can I just interject on that? Because I know that you kind of went through some things with your daughter. Yeah. When she was younger. Sometimes there are things that happen with us as adults that affect our children. Right. And so we think that it didn't affect them because it wasn't happening directly to them. Like divorces, separations, all of those things like that. But it affects them. Your daughter actually became violent after a divorce.
4: She did. And it took me through a lot. I was a parent who was scared that their child was going to cut them in the middle of the night, that that I might not wake up in the morning. Wow. I was a parent that was hiding the knives. I was a parent crying every night. Because I didn't know what to do with her. But you
2: didn't ignore it. I didn't ignore
4: it. We did. I did get her help. Um, It it took some time because her father wasn't too open to the idea. Because you have a child and you're like, I don't want this to be my child. Right. But I'm like, we have to. And she was more, she wasn't doing it. Hang on a second.
2: I like that statement. You said, I don't want this to be my child. So a lot of times we ignore what we see because we don't want that to be our child. Right. We don't want. I, we don't, nobody wants your child to be the psycho kid. Right. Nobody wants your child to be the one that you're afraid of. That can't be my kid. That actually needs help. But yes, yeah, it's your little Johnny.
4: Right. 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 Keep and, going. and being able to um, recognize that and get her the help. I did. I did pray. We were in church, but I also did seek therapy. Right on the and outside. I, and I prayed, and it was just God, like how. You were saying it was God. It was God for her. Because her therapist, I don't know if she was a Christian, but she didn't go diagnose her as a psychotic child, label her. She just did play therapy with her. She, you know, she did go through the things to see if she was ever raped or abused, things like that, um, because some of the things that she was doing were kind of signs of that. Um, She wasn't, so, but just those things, like her therapist took the time with her. Um, She didn't have, she was seven, you would think she would be able to. Um,
1: uh, tell how she articulate, yeah, but she
4: couldn't, mm-hmm. right? And so, they did a lot of things, and it I saw a 360 in my child. And now, right. and then what you were saying, the one thing is when as I could tell that it wasn't always her, like when she would have those episodes and get really ugly and violent, it was like something else was coming in. Right. And in her face like their whole demeanor changes right. and just being able to notice that and I and I was able to pray I was pray, but I also knew that it you know, we needed to seek help too and I prayed about that I prayed for her counselor right. I prayed that God would lead us because we weren't from here and I didn't know right. and he I could just see how he set that up for her
2: um, I want you to say something here in the close like but I kind of want to steer it a little bit how important is it just to people not to write you off and say you're just bad?
3: Uh, it's extremely important. Uh, when you get wrote, written off as, as if you were just bad, when you get written off uh, and you're a kid. Problem time. And that's okay. what people say uh-huh. that you are. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to ultimately believe that that's who you are. And I'm 25 years old today. And there's some stuff that I'm still working on because labels were put on me as a child um so it's, it's definitely important to uh to see the issues but to see the, to to see the issues from the perspective of of the lord and i think that goes back to what you were saying pastor uh, cuz you are my pastor right <laughs> <laughs> right pastor but it goes it goes back to to that uh being aware and then taking authority on not what you see but what the Lord sees. Okay, You're allowing the Lord to give you the eyes to really right. see the root the of what the issue. The is, Lord. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Right.
2: right. Everybody could see that kid in Florida being off, yeah. but they didn't know what the root was, yeah. and really, he was broken. Mm-hmm. His
4: parents died. Yeah, and he was living with another. Family. He was
2: living with another family, and so he's broken. He's broken. And so I'm 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 and please forgive me, I'm I'm not sure if it was both parents that were dead or if it was just one, but he was alone. And to go from having someone there for you to just becoming, you know, all by yourself and left with someone else, it is very hard on a child. I remember I had a friend uh who uh like one day everything's great, one day she's she's raised by our mom and There's three sisters, and we're just doing, you know, just living a regular life. And her mother and her baby sister get in a car accident. Her oldest sister's older, so she's off living, you know, her own life. And this child was just completely abandoned. Her dad wasn't in the picture, and she was abandoned. And her life, she struggled. She struggled for years. She struggled. And so, you know, now we have, not only are the kids exposed to a lot, But we have a lot of ways to where we can actually help them. If we become proactive and not know, we should not separate, you know, church and state in a sense of where we don't want the help of the Lord in there. We need it. I know my generation, we can bear witness that it was not perfect. Trust me. You sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. And maybe that's what's happening. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in secret, and now it's just breaking forth. I mean, that's definitely the word. But but I believe that the answer is that we all engage, that we become aware, that we take our godly authority, that we don't ignore the fact that our little Johnny is in trouble, that we see some things that's wrong, or our little Annie, we see something that's going wrong and then we ignore it, or we wait on the schools to fix it, or we wait on social services to step in. But we have the power. I also wanna encourage you to encourage your children to speak up when they see someone in distress. To be that one, thank you, Caitlin, for being a part today. Be that one that will stand up. She was actually the young girl that I was talking about uh, last week who actually stepped in and told some kids, look, this girl is going through enough, She doesn't need to be ridiculed and made fun of. And then the kids actually shifted their gears and went in a a different direction. And so teach your kids, tell your kids, don't be afraid to be proactive. Because if you are, that very move might be the thing that saves your life and the life of others. Hey, look, guys, this is not the end of this discussion. Even though, Lord, uh, there are some other things that we want to to be uh, brought forth this month. But we definitely want to uh, discuss about the handguns in the schools, and we didn't get to that today. So we'll give like half the show next week to that, and then we'll move on to some other things. But I have enjoyed being with you. I hope that I've given you food for thought. Thanks to my guests who were part of today's show. Each and every one of you be blessed. You have been listening to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host. I'll see you next week.